This is the Hoosier Ag Today Friday podcast on Groundhog Day, February 2nd, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, and coming up, C.J. Miller and Elise Koning on the news with Senator Todd Young on Mexican GMO corn import bans and a preview of Elise's new soil health podcast. This podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experienced banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin is in with the weather. He says beautiful weather. And Thursday ag markets were mixed, very weak in soybeans. Mike Silver analysis straight ahead on the Who's Your Ag Today podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agriculture cultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. For many of you here in Indiana, agriculture is your life's work and legacy. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Throughout my career, I've been immersed in Indiana agriculture and appreciate the role that ACI plays on behalf of Indiana agribusinesses. ACI is the proactive voice for agribusiness, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Senator Todd Young on Mexico's GMO corn ban and remembering a pioneer in soil health. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. For a while now, you've been hearing about Mexico's ongoing ban of U.S. GMO corn for human consumption. That's why one of your lawmakers from here in Indiana has been speaking out to support the state's corn producers. This ban is ill-advised. It's illegal. And that's Senator Todd Young of Indiana. He says that Mexico's ban is flawed for a number of different reasons. It doesn't adhere to globally recognized scientific standards. It's a breach of the USMCA free trade agreement. It's detrimental to food security in Mexico in particular, but uh, more broadly within the United States and our food systems. It hurts agriculture cultural sustainability. It will stifle future ag tech innovation. And that's why Young says he's trying to get the White House to tackle the issue. So what I've attempted to do here in Washington is push back and uh, encourage our administration to engage on this issue with the government of Mexico. I pressured the Biden administration uh, to consider all options that might be available in an effort to hold Mexico to their trade commitments. Even though the U.S. Trade Representative's Office has requested a dispute resolution panel under the USMCA, some officials in Washington may be waiting it out for Mexico's next president to take office in October because Mexico's current president, who established the ban, can't run for re-election. Some officials are hopeful that Mexico's next president may just overturn that GMO corn ban. Young also told Hoosier Ag today about his priorities for the next farm bill. Market access is uh, a top priority. We have to, as with any business, continue to keep growing if we intend to thrive and survive in the future. 
We want to promote Indiana and America-specific ag products and want to continue to make sure that foreign markets receive them with open arms. He also says the next farm bill needs to preserve crop insurance programs. Which is essential to the business model of modern ag operations. We want to create no uncertainty about the continued viability and, and sustainability of that program. You can hear my full conversation with Senator Todd Young at HoosierAgToday.com. Perhaps you can think of an Indiana farmer who helped you in your agriculture journey and how much they helped you in your farming operation. With the latest episode of the Hat Soil Health podcast, Elise Koning tells the story of one farmer who influenced countless others across Indiana and around the country. Dad would always encourage folks to do something. Do something on your farm to learn. It will grow from there. Jay Brandt farmed in Ohio with his father Dave, who passed away suddenly last year. Dave Brandt's passing has left a hole in the farming community. On the latest episode of the Hat Soil Health podcast, Jay talks about his father's legacy. So he was very concerned about erosion and loss of topsoil. So we began utilizing conservation practices. He noticed the improvement in soil quality and crop performance. All those practices led and gave Dad the opportunity to share those learnings with other people and to be really an advocate for conservation, for no-till. Jimmy Emmons farms in Oklahoma and joins Jay Brandt on the episode. He says that Dave was a mentor who helped Emmons and countless others improve the soil on their farms. He was the pioneer that started it all because nobody was doing that. He was a pioneer in trying to get no-till started with several companies. It was a great wealth of knowledge for us and uh, it's really helped us in our journey. Jay says that his father's challenges helped him empathize with other farmers. Dad recognized that as being a young farmer himself who had just lost his father, he knew the pressures of society on performance and what that meant for young people. Also having served you know, in the military th- through a war effort, he was aware of the challenge mentally. So he was very aware and wanted to provide that support structure for people so they would have the self-confidence to be successful. Jay adds that Dave enjoyed talking with other farmers and learning about their successes and challenges. Find that kernel, plant that seed, and get it to develop into a crop from that. So that's, it was his thing was, you know, I'm going to give you the seed and what I'm talking about. It's up to you to take it home and make a a viable crop out of it. You can hear the full conversation on the latest episode of the Hat Soil Health Podcast brought to you by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Elise Koning. And I'm CJ Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you, all guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com crop insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. 
I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We've got a beautiful weather forecast ahead of us here, especially as you consider the fact that we're in February. Punxsutawney Phil prognosticating today on the weather and you know what I never get it right whether it's to see the shadows a bad thing or not seeing the shadows the bad thing but here's what I can tell you meteorologically enjoy the sunny mild weather that we have for the next week or so because changes are coming all good things must come to an end this too will be part of that and I'm looking at this now coming into focus late next week Thursday clouds increase and Friday we do have some rain here now before we get there I think temperatures are going to be pretty similar over the next few days to what we saw yesterday not building the warmth too much but getting better sunshine potential through the weekend that will help with drying and basically the overall feel next week Monday Tuesday Wednesday I do think temperatures are just a tick or two warmer as we build another round of milder air in thursday as we said now clouds building clouds increasing but i don't think we see a lot of moisture thursday overnight thursday night through friday we will see scattered rounds of rain looking right now at a combined total of a quarter to one inch with coverage at 100 of indiana so we are going to get wet again there will be in good position to handle the moisture after this week plus worth of drying. Now moving forward, that moisture in that frontal boundary does another thing. Not just getting us wet, but it does also usher down colder air. So this mild push that we're in, it's not going to last. Temperatures fall off dramatically. Now, I don't think it's a bitter cold Arctic blast, but it does turn return us actually to where we should be for mid to early February, which by the time we get to the 10th, we're almost at mid-month already. This is the short month. So definitely seeing a return to normal temperatures. And I think this cool air wants to park here for a bit. It's not like we're going to yo-yo back up and be mild again in about a week. No, I think this is going to park for the duration of February and maybe even into early March. At least that's the way the pattern's trying to come together right now. We'll watch that as we go forward. But still, that's what I'm telling you. We are on the clock on this mild air, so enjoy it. If you have outdoor things that you want to accomplish, now's the time to try and do it. That's the way things are stacking up. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Weakness in beans, relatively flat elsewhere. This is Who's Your Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Farm Market Review. Settlements from the day coming up. First market analysis. I grabbed that at the end of trade from Mike Silver of Kokomo Grain. Mike, corn and wheat markets mostly close to even. Some gains, though, by the end of trade in the wheat market. But the weak side story is soybeans, roughly 20 cents down, so not a good day. The export sales report out early in the morning maybe dictated at least part of that move well under what was expected. Definitely. Uh, 164.5 thousand metric tons of soybeans was the actual number. Last week, we were at 560.9. So just disappointing in, in number this morning was way below the low end of the range of estimates, 500,000 uh, tons. So, no, that the soybean number, definitely not good. Uh, the corn number, the export sales for corn, actually, were pretty decent. 1.206 million metric tons. That's up from last week's 954.8. And uh, at the uh, 12.06, that was... Uh, just slightly under the high end of the estimates of 1.3. Now, the only saving thing, and, and, and I really probably shouldn't describe it that way, is we did get a flash export sale today of soybeans to Mexico, and that's the first flash 
uh, export bean sale that we've seen now for better than a week, uh, 206.8 thousand metric tons of soybeans uh, to Mexico. So, Andy, our, our export program, I, it exists, but boy, it, uh, we, are, we are just not at the level we need to be to meet uh, the, the projections. And a week from today, uh, the 8th of February, we're going to get uh, another WASDE report, World Outlook Board report, uh, and the February crop production report, which the re- crop production report really won't amount to much. But uh, the WASDE report certainly could have some impact on the market. Uh, South America is still very much in play in terms of the volatility factor in the market. Um, that and the technicals in the market and, and the money flow into the market, the, the commodity fund positions. Um, the funds really are the only ones to this point who have been uh, able to make uh, really, uh, I'll use the term, any profits from from the grain markets. Uh, we have been extremely volatile. Um, we're trading in a downside, down downward trading pattern. Um, and, and I've talked ad nauseum about the importance of the 20, 40, 50, 100, and 200 day moving averages that are included in all the algorithm trading programs that I'm aware of. Uh, and we just cannot, although we've tried to, and we tried earlier this week to, to punch up through the 20 day moving average on corn and soybeans, both, but we've just not been able to do that. So right now, uh, the market is more technically driven, uh, with trading algorithms, uh, the, um, and, and, and until we can punch up through that 20-day uh, moving average and head on up toward that 40-day, uh, we're probably just going to be um, constrained, if you will, to the kind of trading patterns in both corn and soybeans that we've seen now for too long. From my perspective, uh, obviously, farmers right now, the, the farmer selling is almost non-existent with the exception of folks that, uh, you know, have some financial obligations that they need to take care of that, that are forced to make some cash generating sales. Uh, otherwise, uh, purchases of old crop, not all that great across the industry. Uh, and that's not really helping us, uh, in the future side of the market that the, the funds just seem to be in control. And, that's been obvious in the commitment of traders report uh, that comes out every Friday, late Friday afternoon, and that's as of Tuesday of the report week. So tomorrow afternoon, we're going to get another commitment of traders report. And with the way that our price action has been, it looks like we're going to see another week where the funds are just continue to get shorter this market. Uh, so, uh, We'll see. We'll see how that pans out tomorrow. The uh, the flash export sales uh, that is probably going to have very little impact on tomorrow's trade. Uh, if I look at where we are trading right now compared to where we closed last Friday, right now uh, corn is up a penny in the old crop from last Friday. 
New crop corn's up two pennies. March beans are down six cents from where we closed last Friday, and wheat is pretty much steady to where we closed last Friday. Um, we are trying to encourage, and we are encouraging farmers, you know, to avail themselves of any opportunity that uh, is in the market to make some additional sales uh, in both the old crop and in the new crop. Um, new crop values uh, still um, are at a premium to old crop values. So, um, but farmers, and, and I understand this, uh, they're just reluctant right now because um, the prices are not at the levels we've been accustomed to the last several years. And, and I understand that, but uh, the reality of the situation is, uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, we're going to have to face that reality and probably we're going to have to make some sales uh, at levels that we're not accustomed to. Now, having said that, I'll get a myriad of phone calls from folks saying, well, Mike, you're so negative. You're so negative. You're so negative. Um, I'm not really negative. I'm just facing the reality of the situation. If you look at the national average cash price projections in the balance tables uh, for corn and soybeans in the U.S., and you look at the size of the crop that we had last year, you look at uh, the South Americans and what they're doing in terms of harvest of their crop uh, and their expected production, although you know, we won't know what their production was until that's tallied up. But uh, right now, this, the market sentiment is that, you know, uh, that's going to create some pressure. So um, we're just going to have to stay alert for opportunities, expand the drawers in our toolbox or the tools in our marketing toolbox. And I'm encouraging folks, you know, to look at some perhaps some types of contracts that they've never used before. Um uh, Accumulator type contracts uh, where you can do some marketing at futures prices above today's current trade. Uh, we have some interest in that. Uh, our company and other companies offer some managed type of contracting opportunities. Uh, so take a look at that. And I want to conclude with a statement about grain quality. We are starting to see some corn especially come across the scales, and my colleagues uh, in other companies are also noticing this, that, you know, last fall's harvest presented some challenges, and there was some corn that was put away uh, into storage bins at moisture levels that... Uh, Folks uh, had not been accustomed to putting in at that moisture level. And if those bins weren't cored uh, with the centers pulled out and monitored for grain quality, uh, we are starting to see some grain quality issues in, the term, in terms of damage, uh, kernel damage that are starting to show up. So I'd like one of the take-homes uh, from today's conversation to be that carefully, very carefully, without entering those bins. But if you've not cored the bins, or if you have grain in the bins that you've not expected, inspected, uh, now would be the time to get that done in a very cautious and safe manner. 
uh, monitor that grain quality. Um, grain is not like a fine wine. It does not improve with age when it starts to show some problems. So check it out. Uh, and if you need to move some grain to get the uh, quality determination, just uh, be careful in doing it. But uh, try to get that accomplished uh, sooner than later because it's starting to warm up. And Andy, I, I've not examined the correlation between, and I believe tomorrow's Groundhog's Day. Is that not right? February the 2nd? That's it. Um, I've, I've not studied, nor I've even looked into a study of the correlation between what happens on Groundhog's Day and what the grain market does. Uh, but I suspect that it would have little positive impact given the, given the environment that we're in right now. But I know myself, I am sure looking forward to some sunshine and some warmer temperatures that are at least in the Indiana forecast over the course of the balance of this week, the weekend, and into next week. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that uh, all is well. Uh, with the way the groundhog reacts tomorrow and that uh, the ample rainfall that we have seen here in Indiana and across large parts of the Midwest over the last uh, several weeks is recharging soil moisture so that when we are ready to go to the field this spring to get the 24 crop in the ground that uh, we can have at least a chance for the kind of yield opportunities that and not only opportunities, but results that were produced in 2023. Mike Silver at Kokomo Grain. His number is 800-666-0613. Now more numbers. The settlements from Thursday trade. Very flat in corn all day long. March goes to 447 and a quarter, a penny down. A quarter of a cent lower for the May contract, 458 and a quarter. July, 466, down a half cent. 19 cents lower, March and May beans. March, 1203 and a quarter. May, 1213 and three quarters. July settles at 1223 and three quarters, losing 18 cents. March wheat, 601 and a half, up six and a quarter. February live cattle, strong, 179.75, up 240. And February lean hogs, 75.80, down 55. I'm into Eubank with the Thursday market review. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.